Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From supercharges, brakes, exhaust kits, and more, 122 million parts. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Oh, just kidding. Craig actually has a broken toe. Uh, I don't know if the toe's immunized or what. Craig's not here. That's the point. It's Craig's going to be putting his toe on Twitter as early as tomorrow. Yeah, we actually, we're, we're going to get Craig to put his, to- his feet up on the Zoom. <laughs> we will find a picture of Craig's feet. We're going to put it on the internet. Until then, it's just DK and I. Week 12 is done, save for Monday Night Football. We're not going to talk about Sunday Night Football. That game was an absolute abomination. I don't really want to give it any of my time or energy. It already took too much of it up. Yeah, I think I saw uh, the Browns had three points off of four Lamar Jackson interceptions. It's not a good way to win the game. Um, yeah, we don't have to talk about <laughs> Sunday Night Football too much. That's a bad game. It took forever. Felt like it was the longest game ever. I don't know why, but I'm um, glad it's just, over. I don't know why there was like a fourth and two and then there was a penalty and then there was a fourth <laughs> yeah. and two again and then they had 12 men on the field and then the coaches yelled at each other and then the refs yelled it and then there was another fourth and two and then they got the penalty. I don't, I, that was actually the, I don't, so every now and then there's a stretch and I'm like, do I know anything about football? Dude, there's too many rules. This That was football <laughs> bureaucracy right there in action. It's like just... It's a battleship. You don't want you don't want the, anything to change too quickly. So they put all these rules in, and it's like very hard to like navigate, and you have to get checked with everyone. Oh god, it was all terrible. Right, anyway, the game, yeah. the, the Browns Ravens, no no one won. Award you no points. Mercy on all of our souls. All of us are dumber for having seen it. Let's get to the awards. Yeah, DK. Yo, take us home right here. I want to start out with the late season Lenny Award. If you remember last year, playoff Lenny Lombardi Lenny. Leonard Fournette really went off down the stretch. Um, He's had a pretty good season, you know, throughout. So I'm not like saying he's coming out of nowhere. However, he just went absolutely bonkers today um, for the Buccaneers. 17 carries, 100 yards, three touchdowns, added seven catches, 31 yards, another touchdown, 44 points. That was the last time he scored 44 points. Has he scored 44 points in his career? I didn't actually look it up. It was certainly the first four touchdown game of his career. That was a high. (laughs) That's our guy. This is Lenny. Dude, Andy put the game away with like this clutch run at the end of the game and, and just like, you know, buried. Um, and I'm totally blanking on who played. Oh, the Colts. He, he basically did the Jonathan Taylor impersonation. Um, I know that he didn't look nearly as dynamic as Taylor, but still impressive game. Well, it was weird because remember Taylor scored as many touchdowns against the um, Bucks as they had allowed all year. And then Lenny Fournette did that today. I think he had four touchdowns, and I think the Colts came into the game having allowed like only four or five rushing touchdowns to running backs the whole season. Wow. Um, So it's just like that again. But for those who don't know, Lenny is an old favorite of ours. Lenny captured my heart personally when I found out that his Twitter background photo was the Sistine Chapel ceiling, but it was God creating Leonard Fournette. (laughs) Is this still, still his thing, by the way? I got. I don't know. I didn't check. Actually, so that's the whole thing. Like it was God handing off to Leonard Fournette. Like that was. This, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, this guy's my there. favorite. It's definitely. He's still incredible. There. Love Lenny. 
Um, he, I love Lenny too. Like he's he's become a guy that I look forward to watching. He's not like again. I'm I'm not saying he's the best running back in the NFL. Um, but it's just kind of cool to see him. You know, get cut from the Jags last year. It looked like his career was going off the rails. Um, I've been a doubter in the past. I was probably even a little bit of a doubter in the off season. He keeps kind of like proving me wrong and proving the haters wrong and, um, you know, st- sticking in there. Obviously Tom Brady trusts him, which is why he's getting, um, you know, this three down workload that he is. And it's awesome for fantasy. He's one, he's been one of the best values in fantasy all year. Um, and it doesn't really seem like it's going to change like down the stretch. He could be, um, a big, big, you know, like guy for, for his teams going down the stretch just because the Buccaneers offense scores a lot of points, really good offense. Um, I think Brady's going to get better as they go along here. And so, yeah, Lenny Forens, late season Forens, playoff Foren. We predicted this. We just predicted this for Ronald Jones. But like right. we said halfway through that Ronald Jones, it, whoever won this job, us thinking it would be Ronald Jones, would be like a top eight, top 10 running back. Leonard Fournette right now averaging like 18, half, or half full PPR, 18 full PPR points per game, which would be like running back six on the whole year last year. Wow. But also... Forget the numbers. Like, Lenny Fournette's just a fun guy. He's hilarious. Yeah. First of all, he gave a halftime speech. Good for him. Two, did you, like, did I send you, did you actually read the article I sent you about, like, the uh, group chat FaceTime thing that happened with the Bucks this week? No, explain it. Okay. For the people who haven't seen this, or and or DK, who d- does not read the things I sent him, even though I sent him. <laughs> you things. sent it to me during the games today. It was crazy. Okay. So, some kids, some, I don't know if it's middle school or high school, some kids in Michigan, in a basketball team, their basketball season starting for like high school and they put together a group chat and one of these kids accidentally puts like a seven instead of an eight into the, one of the numbers for their friend. Oh yeah. So and some rando is on the chat. Instead of texting their friend, they text Sean Murphy Bunting, who is like a cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> he's That's from awesome. Michigan and they put him in and he's like, yo, like, do you guys know who this is? And they're like, no, he's like, he's like, I'm not your friend Luca or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Luca. <laughs> and they're like, no. And he's like, I am on the Bucks. And they're like, no, you're not. And he sends a picture of himself at his locker. They're like, nah, nah, nah. You, you just found that on the internet. And he's right. like, he FaceTimes the group. Oh my to God. To prove it's him. And it's like him in the locker room. And he hands the phone to Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette thinks this is so funny that Leonard Fournette takes Murphy Bunting's phone and gives it around the whole locker room, gives it to Mike Evans, gives the ball to uh, the phone to Gronk. They're all FaceTiming this thing. <laughs> Go, Leonard Fournette That's takes awesome. it to the quarterback meeting room to find Tom Brady. They have 10 minutes till the meeting's over. Leonard Fournette waits 10 minutes. Till Brady's done and then gives these random 10 kids FaceTime <laughs> with Tom Brady. Oh my God. That's classic. This is on par with like the famous stories of Bill Murray just showing up to like house parties yes! and stuff. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not in the flesh, but still, that's pretty great. Yeah. What's that uh, story about Bill yeah. Murray? It's like he walked up to someone at McDonald's and like took a French fry and ate it and stared them in the eyes and is like, no one will ever believe you. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have no idea if that's a true story or not. I love that. <laughs> All right. Lenny's awesome. Okay. I'm giving an award. Guy that you don't want to admit is great is I'm going to give it to Cordero Patterson <laughs> because yeah. once again, yeah. RIP me for Mike Davis. I think half the people who I convinced to take Mike Davis has ended up the Cordero Patterson and they are in a roundabout way, very happy. And the other, so wait, half are you going to be me. patting yourself on the back here? What's happening? No, the other half hate me and I deserve it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But the, the, the people, the, the people who didn't get him hate me and it's fine. But I didn't even, I even doubted Patterson this week because he had a high ankle sprain. And I was like, how is he going to come back from a high ankle sprain so soon? I mean, high ankle sprain, keep people out for two months. Sometimes how's he going to come back from this so soon? He had 18 touches for 135 yards and two touchdowns today. He was like the RB four. He's so good, man. It's so weird. It's like funny because I think he wears number 84. He's just running around in the backfield. Um, and I believe he got most of his his production from the actual backfield today. On fifth, yeah, he only had mistaken. like a couple catches. Um, and so, man, this is such a fun story. Such a weird career arc for him. Obviously, he kind of, you know, he went to a couple different teams. He was a first round pick. Like there was always the athleticism was always there. The potential and the talent was always there. Um, it just took teams, I guess, a long time to figure out how to utilize him correctly or whatever. He's um, in his thirties. Yeah, he was a returner. Like basically, he was a returner. He just became the best kick returner of all time to the point where everyone gave up on him having a regular role. Yeah, and then once he set the record or tied the record for most kickoff return touchdowns in his thirties, just became. Here's the thing: he's not like some gadget guy. He is. No. 
the offense. They can't function without him, as was just proven the last two weeks that he missed. I mean, first of all, fantasy-wise, he's also an A1 star at this point. Since week one, when he really like became the guy in this offense, his worst game, not counting the game that he got hurt, his worst game's been 14 points, fantasy-wise. Like, <laughs> he's basically about 17 and a half points per game in fantasy, oh depending on you know, PPR yeah. or half PPR, but he's about 17 and a half. That's basically Justin Jefferson since week one. Like, as a running back, that's Alvin Kamara. That is what Cordero Patterson's been doing. I think one of the biggest regrets I have, like, this season, obviously, there's been a lot of weird stuff that's happened, but, like, especially in Dynasty, like, not picking up Cordero Patterson everywhere because he was just on waiver wires. He was free. It was insane. And now I'm just like, because, and like I've said this before on the pod, but, like, I just re- want to reiterate it. I was, like, very hyper-focused on, I was grabbing, like, Quadri Allison. I was gradu- uh, grabbing Caleb Huntley, this undrafted free agent guy. Like, I had all Hawkins. these guys. I literally had all these guys in my dynasty teams, and I completely ignored the most obvious one, which was Cordero Patterson, was sitting there the whole time. I never even bothered to like think about grabbing him. Well, it's like and now he's four like, different years where we heard they're going to get him involved in the offense more. And plot twist, they didn't. Right. The Vikings said it two or three times. Matt Nagy said it. Uh, they said in the Patriots, like it just never happened. How are we? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Hey, look, I mean, this here is clearly are. a huge, huge outlier, but still, what a, it's a great story. You know, I'm happy for him. And, and honestly, like the cool thing is, it doesn't really feel like this is going to be a one, one off type thing. Like he could continue to have a career for a couple of years. Forget here. the one off. This has already been so influential. Okay. So Sam Monson works at Pro Football Focus. He's an analyst there. He wrote a great story a couple of years ago, basically arguing. We always talk about like Christian McCaffrey being a running back that splits out to the slot. And like, ooh, running backs that can line up out wide. It's basically useless. Like, there's two or three running backs that can run a route better than a receiver, like the guy covering right. them. What's actually valuable is receivers lining up as running backs. He wrote this like two or three years ago. This season, it's been operationalized. Cordero, Pat, like what the, 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 sorry, it's Cordero. What the Falcons have done with Cordero Patterson has been ripped by the Niners and Debo Samuel's doing it. And they took it even further. And now Debo's just doing it. Now you're seeing, I mean, Cooper, didn't Cooper Cup catch a touchdown out of the backfield the other day? Like, I think receivers playing out of the backfield and motioning in at running back when it, the defense thinks they're in empty and the receiver motioning into the backfield as a running back and taking a carry or just a screen or whatever. I think it's it's getting ripped everywhere, and I think it's going to be more so December and January. I think the Chiefs might take it for Tyreek Hill. They're on bye week this week. I don't know. But this is all from Cordero Patterson, what Arthur Smith figured out with the Falcons. It's crazy. I mean, I think I, th- I do think it's it's not like necessarily new, but they're definitely doing a great job of it. And, and um, it reminds me of what you're talking about with uh, the 49ers. I think uh, Robert Mays and Nate Tice were talking about this on the athletic show the other day. There was a play, I believe, last week for the 49ers where they came out in like their normal personnel, whatever it was, like two two running backs or uh, two tight ends. I can't remember which one it was, but everybody on the team like lined up in like a weird spot. Like for instance, like Brandon Ayuk lined up with like his hand in the dirt, like he was a tight end. And then they had Jeff Wilson on the wing. They had Debo in the backfield, and it was like this is this is what the nerds have been wanting for so long. Like That's positionless so football, positionless football. Everybody's doing their thing. It's so difficult. And and basically what, what Nate and, and Mays were saying was bas- basically this is so hard for the defense because when this happens, it's like the defense is thinking. They're not reacting. They're not fast. They don't know exactly where they're supposed to be. Like, you know, the safety is like, oh, God, who am I supposed to be, you know, matching up with here or whatever. Um, so, like, it makes them thinking. It makes them slow. And that's what we've always been wanting. So, like, I, I love what they're doing with Cordero Patterson. Um, and my guy that I want to talk about here is Debo Samuel. Um, this week, and, and we're giving him the M. Night Shanahan Award or the M. Night Shaman, <laughs> however you want to put it, um, because M. there was a massive Shanahan. plot twist. We're putting together the doc during the games, you know, just to peek behind the curtain here. Heifetz and I are talking like during the games, during the day. And I just, I'm like, I want to talk about Debo Samuel. This guy is freaking amazing. He's awesome. He's so good. Like everything he does is so exciting. He's doing all this stuff at the backfield. He's basically the best running back on their team, you know? And then all of a sudden, the rug gets pulled out from under us. Debo gets hurt. Um, and honestly, right away, I I thought like this was something serious. Like the way like we talked about amateur- this, like don't make the judgments. You have no idea. I know. I know. And that's on me because I've been I've heard you say this many, many times and I still haven't bought into it. I was trying to do like my amateur like body language reading and his body language was like, oh, God, this is something bad. Um, 
But it sounds like it's just a groin injury. So hopefully, 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 this is obviously Sunday night, so we don't know. Um, hopefully, it's not too serious. He said he, he doesn't seem concerned about it. Obviously, you know, I don't know if they'll know really until later this week if he's going to be able to come back. But it doesn't sound like it's a season-ending thing. So that's really promising. Um, regardless, Devo Samuel has been having an awesome season. I want to throw out some stats here that I saw on Twitter that I think are just really, really cool. Field Yates pointed this out. He had a rushing touchdown. Debo Samuel had a, Field a rushing touchdown. Okay, Debo had a rushing touchdown. <laughs> Field Yates had a rushing touchdown. No, he, Field Yates pointed this out on Twitter. Uh, Debo had a rushing touchdown for the third straight game this week. Uh, he is the first receiver to do that in three straight games in 20 years. So <laughs> that's crazy. That's, um, wow. He also has five rushing touchdowns on the season, which is more than Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Debo Samuel oh has more rushing touchdowns. Um, he came into the week as the wide receiver three. If you go back to the preseason, his ADP was wide receiver 36, 84th overall. And now he's potentially going to go into next season. I mean, assuming nothing crazy happens with this injury um, as like a top 20 pick, I guess. Like, what do you think? Higher, I mean, at what point should he just that? be a running back? I mean, this is kind right. of a cool conversation. I mean, like between Patterson and Debo, like they're kind of blending the actual definition of what players are. Like when I watch Debo play for the 49ers today, the last few weeks, my honest, like, there are moments when I think, wow, that kid's really good. He plays every position. I bet he'll get a scholarship. And I'm like, wait, he's already in the NFL. This isn't a high school game. Like, that's yeah. what I think, though. I'm like, oh, that's just the guy who plays quarterback and linebacker. But, it, like, we used to always say, like, if you could make a team out of, like, every, like, you could have, like, copies of every player. and you, But every player had to be, like, the same player. What player would be the best way to win a football game? Is it, every you know, 22 J.J. Watts? Or like, you know, right. 22, you know, Taysom Hills. I think it's 22 Debo Samuels. Like he's the <laughs> he's the best athlete yeah. in the league. I think he's taken up that mantle. He's so quick. Like his foot speed is incredible. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to explain, obviously, like what how someone runs. I always make it a bit to like explain how someone runs. I don't have like a good one for Debo, but he just well, looks Fournette's so fast. The, bully, the, the bumper cars, we didn't even hit Yeah, Leonard Fournette runs like a bumper car. Like he's just like straight line, bangs into someone, veers off, bangs into someone, like reverses. De- no, Debo's like a motorcycle in like an action movie, like in a, in a, like a getaway. He's like, a, like, he can just do all these weird turns and stuff, but he's very powerful. It's like a Batmobile. Yeah, He's just so much fun to watch. I again, I hope hopefully he's okay. Um, you know, he was making it sound like it's not too serious after the game, but you know, players. Do you think Craig's gonna stuff. listen to this podcast? We can give Craig homework and be like, "Hey, Craig, find out what moves like Debo Samuel does, and if he actually shows up this week and tells us, we'll know he listened to the pod." <laughs> I bet he's not gonna listen. He's not gonna listen. Okay. That's crazy. Okay, so Debo gets what did you call it? the M Night Shanahan? The M Night Shanahan Award. That's good. M okay. Night Shyamalan. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusion supply all right, I got one here. I got. I'm gonna give it a whirl. We're gonna go back to Thanksgiving here. We haven't done a pod since Thanksgiving. Yeah, we haven't talked since Thanksgiving. Gotta, which is so weird. I'm gonna it's go. That, weird this week. day was supposed to be about family award, and I'm gonna give that to the referees for the Raiders Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. Did you watch this game? So I was in and out watching it, obviously, because we were doing family stuff and eating and all that stuff. But um, I was definitely like following along on Twitter, and people were starting to have you know, they were losing their freaking minds over the officiating. Like I saw Simmons even tweeted about like they let, I can't remember it was the end of the game. They're like, Oh, they left too much time on the clock for Sean Hockley. Dude. Yeah. So first of all, the, the game was ref by Ed Hockley's kid, <laughs> Ed Hockley, the muscle guy who explains everything. His son is also a ref now. And his son, like this guy is already notorious for the flag. So here's the thing. I watched the middle of this game. I was 
there was a lot of turkey responsibilities for me. And then like, we actually sat down for dinner in the middle. So like I saw the beginning and my brother and I look at each other. We're like, why are they throwing so many flags? And we're like, that's weird. These are all really important plays that are being decided by the rest. Get to the end of the game. And I see these stats. There were 14 penalties for each team. Ridiculous. 28 penalties in total. This is from Michael David Smith at Pro Football Talk. Pro Football Talk. This was the first NFL game in 18 years in which both teams had 14 or more penalties and 100 or more penalty yards for both teams. It was the most penalties in Cowboys history and the most penalty yardage in Cowboys history. <laughs> what the fuck, did, man? By the way, reverse reverse to Wednesday when I did a very like like impassioned rant about how much I hate officiating. And then this, this game happened. happened the next day. They, after did you they gave hear the me? Did, is this like because of me? Is this my fault, Heifetz, or is this just a coincidence? The moon. The moon had something to do with this. Maybe it was, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I was getting a lot of tweets about that. Like be, people being like, you're going to you're gonna love what you're seeing from this game. I got to tell I, you. So the first of the penalties affected the game. Like they were all, we don't have to legislate a game that's like four days old at this point, but like it ended up being the most watched Thanksgiving game in 30 years. So the joke's on us. I mean, we could, at the end God of the day, like the NFL, like Thanksgiving is a day that is ostensibly about family. And the NFL programs about eight hours of it for your life. Like a third of, like you're asleep. Let's say you, people actually sleep eight hours on Thanksgiving. Like the only day maybe all year people sleep eight hours. Half of your day of your waking life on Thanksgiving is just football. And we just sit here and complain about the penalties. But like nothing will change. <laughs> they have us. I mean, something could, this is like your PPR stuff. Like something could change. The rest could just stop fucking throwing flags and we could <laughs> like all just like have year. more fun. By the way, yeah, like last year, they all like, it was like, you know, like a drug dealer gives you like the first one for free. It's like they gave us the first one for free. I and now we're having to it pay for great. this shit. It's, Why did they change? I really loved it. I loved I can't it without they went like the back holding. Every, they threw less flags. And what was our whole thing last year? Like, no one cared. They couldn't go Not back. Not one person yeah. was like, I'm upset that holding's down. Yeah. No one was upset. I can't believe they went back. Okay. Um, I want to say one more thing, though. And I, and I lost my train of thought. Hold on. What was I going to say? You can think of it. We'll get the thought train going. Choo choo. Come on, DK. Oh, God. Oh, no. I was looking at the game book for this game. There was 28 penalties in this game. There was still almost a thousand yards of offense <laughs> in this game. The fucking. So the Raiders ran 77 plays and had 509 yards. Well, there was overtime, but yeah, no, it was a crazy game. I mean, like, can you imagine how fun this game would have been if there wasn't 28 freaking penalties? <laughs> I mean, I know that I, I understand that like some of the penalties benefited the offense too, but like still, it's just, I don't know, just get out of the way and let, let him play football. That's, also, that's Sean Hockley, if he's going to do this, he, his arms need to be bigger than his dad's. Like, I'm sorry. This is the fact. Okay. DB Cooper Award, biggest disappearance, DK. All right, back to Sunday. This one was weird. I mean, we, we talked about Lenny Forens, playoff Lenny, late season Lenny. Uh, however... Some production, his production came at the expense of a couple other people, namely Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who combined for 40 yards on 10 targets. Uh, <laughs> they combined for 9.3 points oh in PPR in a 38 point outing for the Buccaneers. Like, what the hell Dude, happened? Chris here? Godwin God- was negative for a lot of this game. <laughs> like, he so had a, he fumbled on like his first or second catch, and like, he just straight up just, I really thought he was going to have negative points today. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess like Gronk was was basically like the focal point of the passing game. He had 10 targets and 123 yards. Um, but still, it was just bizarre. I guess they just ground and pound in this game. But man, uh, Evans and Godwin, especially in a game where uh, Antonio Brown isn't playing, like I was just expecting more. And so, yeah, Godwin, four catches, 24 yards. Evans, three catches, 16 yards. DB Cooper, they jumped off the plane. Um, I want to give a couple other just honorable mentions here. Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith. I think both of these guys, so Chase had three catches for 39 yards. Devontae Smith, two catches, 22 yards. He did, ha- he, do- he, Devontae Smith was wide open late in the game. High fits against your Giants um, for what would have been, oh, I believe, the game winning touchdown, but Hurts didn't throw it. it to him. Um, that was the I don't ugliest know, I just felt like, win. What's that? The Giants had the ugliest win against the Eagles. Oh, yeah, Please, I don't bad. want to think about it. Continue. <laughs> um, I think that the Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith days was just like an, a, a reminder to me that, uh, Fantasy is volatile. Guys have bad days. 
And I think rookies are especially volatile, and you have to remember that. Um, and so I'm not too worried about either of these guys. However, it was a little bit of a bummer that both of them disappeared. And then finally, one last one for the DB Cooper Award for the biggest disappearance. George Kittle, where are you? One catch, 13 yards. What happened there? That's all. I, I uh, yeah, it's really hard to explain, especially since I mean, I mean, I guess it's just Debo, right? I mean, the the Jamar Chase one, I think, is the easiest to explain because the Bengals just wrecked the Steelers, and by the time, I mean, by, they didn't need Jamar Chase to do anything by halftime. Like, yeah, the that's Bengals just jumped to this huge lead. I think it's weirder that the Bucks had to come back, and yet Evans and Godwin did nothing. And then George Kittle, yeah, one catch, thirteen yards. I mean, I guess we could be like, oh, block. I don't know. I actually want to go back and see what happened because. It's pretty surprising. I guess the answer is Elijah Mitchell and Debo had like 200 combined yards or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Okay. You, those are your D.B. Cooper guys, right? The guys that go missing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call off the search. I'm giving the calling off the search award. The, F- the FBI is being like, we're not going to look for him like anymore. They can't, they can't the afford this anymore. The, the man, the manpower. Like, <laughs> Cortland Sutton has divert been... divert the manpower. Yeah, yeah. Cortland Sutton has been D.B. Cooper for so long. He's, the search is over. He had two. Cortland Sutton had two catches for 17 yards today. I thought this was a bit at first, but like it's this Jerry Judy Sutton thing is real. They just paid a contract extension to Cortland Sutton, which is funny considering since Jerry Judy came back, Cortland Sutton has six catches for 95 yards. That's in four games. He has six catches for 95 yards. Randall Cobb so weird. had five catches for 95 yards today. <laughs> Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb did that today. I mean, you're talking about Jacoby Myers did better than that today. Hunter Renfro did better than that. Dar- Darnell Mooney, Cedric Wilson did better than Thanksgiving. That's Cortland Sutton's last month. It's bizarre. I mean, I guess I, I definitely do understand why they extended him and, and wanted to keep him. He's very good talent. Like, it just helps to have that depth. It helps to have um, the star power. The star power, I think next year they're going to go out and try and recruit a, a good quarterback. Like maybe this is a pitch to Aaron Rodgers. Hey, look, we got all these guys. It's just, it's a ready made offense for you to come in and just like light it up. I get all yeah. that. But still, dude, his his cap hit next year is like jumps up to 13 million, 15 million in 2023. And he's getting like two or three targets. That's the a thing. Game. And like here's the thing Teddy Bridgewater, his ankle in the middle, and Drew Locke almost found him and he should have had a catch. And then it's like 20, 30 yards downfield. And he could, but regardless. This is I guess multiple games now, it's, though. Yeah, it's a month. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the most polite thing I could say is not polite. I think that maybe I'm grasping at straws here, but I think of Cortland Sutton and Mike Williams very similarly in that they're these big physical presences downfield that defenses have consciously made the decision we're not letting Cortland Sutton or Mike Williams do any of these big catches, big chunk plays. Let Jerry Judy, you know, uh, Dunk and dodge. What is it? Doing dodge, dunk, and dunk, dick, dive and dodge. I don't know. I can't <laughs> freaking. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, they, yeah. they no, can catch short sense, passes. Actually. Keenan yeah. Allen can catch short passes. We don't give a shit. No Sutton plays. No Mike Williams plays. But still, how does he have yeah. ninety-five yards in four games? This is crazy. I don't know. I, I it's unbelievable. Anyway, calling off. The I, I just am like I'm. I'm tucking. The, I'm tucking the Broncos in my back pocket, and I'm not going to think about them until next year when they have yeah. a real quarterback. Like I just don't like the quarterback situation. To me, is not good right now. You know, that's but not they might make the playoffs, wild. man. They kind of wrecked the I know, Chargers. They're, good. they're like a pretty good team. They're sneaky good. They they um, are, but yeah, I, they do look exactly like what we've been saying all year. Of like, wow, if they got Aaron Rodgers, they'd probably win the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, but then again, I guess maybe it Packers does like George too. Payton. George Payton, their GM, playing the long game. I I, I think he, I think they believe that they can get. Aaron I think Rodgers they get next year. I or know. like Russell Wilson or someone. You Russ know? Russ seems Russ seems more realistic. Packers are too good. Anyway. All right. Next yeah. up, the dad award. We're not mad. We're just disappointed. DK, you're a yeah. dad. Who's too, too disappointed you today? Saquon. My boy, Saquon. Oh my God. Look, I'm not mad oh at God. you, Saquon, at all. I understand you're coming back from an injury. I understand these injuries have stacked up. I understand you're on a bad offense. Um, and the quarterback sucks. And they like this offense just doesn't score touchdowns. And Heifetz is like rubbing his head because he's thinking about the Giants. Like Their offense is terrible. However... It still bums me out. Like, I just got to be honest. It bums me out seeing Barkley just get sort of like bottled up every run. Um, he had 13 rushes for 40 yards. Four catches for 13 yards. Well, well, can I stop you right there? First of all, I, we haven't even talked since Jason Garrett got fired. We have to talk about all this. But the, the <laughs> stat you just said, 13 carries for 40 yards. That's yeah. fucking bullshit. It's, I'm sorry. It's late. I'm losing my filter. It's a lie. 
I'm tired okay. of Saquon's stat lines. I want an asterisk on all of them. Like, Saquon's a great guy. Caveat. Like him. Great person. My God, the Saquon box scores are lies because his, he had a 32-yard run in this game. He also had a seven-yard run in this game. That's 39 yards. Take away those two <laughs> runs. That's 11 carries for, for one, like one yard. yard. I felt like Charlie and it's always sunny when he's got like the cork board trying to like Pepe Sylvia and he's like, Carol, like that was me. And I went down this wormhole and I found it because I was like, this is always what Saquon does. He always has like these boom or bust home run plays. Yeah. And here's what I found, DK. So the last three years, so I'm cutting out his rookie year and I'm just looking at 2019, 2020 and this year. He has, I think he's, he's the 36th most carries of any okay. running back. Okay. Uh-huh. Wait, sorry. He's 39th in carries. Okay. So he's the 39th carries of the last three So 38 years. players have had more carries. 38 carries have had more carries. Players. I can't speak English. I'm sorry. I'm so worked up. <laughs> Carol. Okay. 38 <laughs> players have more carries than Saquon last years. Despite that, Saquon has the second most carries that have lost two or more yards. Think <laughs> wow. about that. 38 players have more carries than in the stretch, and only one player has lost multiple yards more often than Saquon, and it's Derrick Henry, who has three times as many carries. Saquon is three a times? Wow. three true outcome running back. He goes for home runs, walks, and strikeouts. He's like Joey Gallo, who's awful. Joey Gallo hits 195, <laughs> And he's horrible to watch because he can't get a hit. And that's why last year when I thought I was a crazy person because Wayne Gallman was better than Saquon. And I was like, once again, do I know anything about football? But like, I can't handle this anymore, DK. You're losing it. You're losing it. I, so all that said, I'm wondering if Saquon goes in the burn book this week. I'm not putting him in the burn book, but I understand. I understand where you're coming from here. Um, I'm still hopeful. Maybe I, maybe this is misplaced hope. Maybe I'm naive. Let's just but I just see a guy who's so talented and obviously there's other factors. And look, I'm not I'm actually not disagreeing with you like and and I saw Scott Barrett from Fantasy Points was uh sharing some stats too on Twitter that this goes back to like his boomer bust profile profile goes back to college. Um but I don't know, man. I still I'm just I I still a believer. I'm still a believer. I I'm I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm still a believer. Still proud of you. Um, it was just like, man, it was just a bummer, really. <laughs> but it sounds like you like are not a believer at this point. Like, I, are you worried that he's not ever going to be good anymore? Well, I think uh, the cold like reality fantasy. is that it's look. Obviously, he's recovering from injury, but like, I mean, look, there's a lot of injuries. But honestly, Bill Barnwell pointed this out in a column a couple weeks ago. Like, he has Saquon hasn't been the same since the high ankle sprain, in um, ironically against the Bucks in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like the week two, week three is the Daniel Jones's first start. Saquon had an high ankle sprain. He hasn't been the same player since. And, you know, obviously it was the ACL last year. There's a lot of issues, but like, I honestly think he's so absurdly talented that he picked up this bad habit of trying to like hit a touchdown every play. Not mm-hmm. unlike when I was 13 and I was like playing Madden on rookie. So I thought every <laughs> play could be a touchdown. So uh-huh. I didn't know how to play Madden because I was trying to bounce every run to the outside. And then you go to like play someone on like, the third or fourth, like all mad. And you're like, oh, why can't I gain two yards? That's Saquon. He's trying to bounce every run. Just, just take a four-yard run. There's nothing wrong with it. And he can't do it, like mentally. So it's frustrating. Anyway, I think that the answer is more, this is my personal frustration. Right. So I think maybe the burn book then might be Cortland Sutton. Because Cortland I mean, Sutton's yeah. I think it's. I think it's, I don't even, yeah, I think it's safe to, to burn Sutton at this point. I don't I don't think you can start him. You can't start him at this point. How Sutton's you? unplayable. Right. So Five Sutton's going in the burn book. Okay. Sutton to the burn book. All right. That, so the burn book inductees here, we've got week one, we, we burned Raheem Mostert. Week two, we burned Marquez Callaway for the Saints. Week three, we just burned Kyle Shannon again for the Niners because <laughs> we just saw this coming. <laughs> week four, burned Mike Davis, RIP me. Honestly, you could have burned me as well. Week five was Allen Robinson. Week six was Miles Gaskin. Week seven was mm. Robbie Anderson. Week eight was Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. Week nine was Julio Jones. Week 10 was Jarvis Landry. Week 11 is Russell Wilson. And now week 12 
Sutton. It's Cortland Sutton. But here's the thing. One name stands out on that list, doesn't it, DK? It does. Because we are, honestly, we are 11 for 12 this year. I'm burning people. Or 10 for 11, whatever. We have one miss, and it's Miles Gaskin. I hate to say it, and I feel like we're going to jinx ourselves, but yes. Well, I, I want to propose an award for you, DK, which is <laughs> okay. the guy we're taking out of the Burn Book Award, a.k.a. Mm. the Unburnt, a.k.a. the Khaleesi. Just emerging from the fire. Emerging the, from the, the fire, dragons, the flames. Miles <laughs> Gaskin with three dragon eggs. And I'm like, dude, he's a top 10 running back this week again. I think I cracked the code. Oh, yeah? Miles Gaskin is an every other week running back. He's mm-hmm. like when the Giants, the San Francisco Giants kept winning the World Series. Hype, it's- <laughs> first of all, first of all, he should you. be like, in the NSA. My God. <laughs> Every other week, huh? Hmm. Okay. Wait, God damn, wait, wait. The code is Miles Gaskin on even weeks. Uh huh. So week two, four, six, etc. He's averaging seven points per game, which is basically being Devin Singletary. And then on odd weeks, he averages eighteen points per game, which is basically better than Alvin Kamara. Jesus. <laughs> there. Okay. So are you going the to NSA, live, are you going to live this theory and not play him next week then? Well, so here's the problem. He fucked up the thing this week because he played well in an even week. So that's what I don't get. Oh yeah, sorry. Yes, I actually mixed that up. I definitely shouldn't join the NSA. Um because <laughs> I don't know what odd and even are. But also yeah, the so Dolphins play in London too often, so that would be like a CIA <laughs> thing. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um but for yeah. real though, like Mike Clay at ESPN tweeted this like Miles Gaskin has more top 12 fantasy weeks than James Conner, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Daryl Henderson. This is like the Debo having more rushing touchdowns than all the, like these elite superstar running it, backs. What like, is it's going just on? so weird. <laughs> this is the weirdest year. I swear to God. I know that recency bias always hits us and like every year seems weird. Every week seems totally crazy. But this really does feel like one of the weirder weeks or one of the weirder seasons in fantasy, doesn't it? Am I wrong in that? No, it does because there's just, I mean, it's just, just the season's weird. Like everything about the season is weird. I mean, the Giants are, wait, if you want to weird, the Giants could still make the playoffs. That's how weird the season is. <laughs> the Seahawks are actually like, if the Seahawks win tomorrow, it, we're, this is Sunday, we're recording Sundays. They win on Monday Night Football. Like they're still in it too. It's crazy. Um, yeah, like the the Dolphins all of a sudden are kind of a frisky team. Um which means they're playing with more leads. Like they've won a few games in a row now. I forget how many games they've won in a row. It's like four or five at this point. Um, and he's just been getting really good workload. Like his, the amount of carries he's having, uh, you know, he's not necessarily like doing a ton with it to be totally honest, but the volume is there and the Dolphins offense is starting to click like Tua is playing better. Um, so Tua has completed 51 of his last 60 passes. Yeah. I mean, this is in this offense. It's like an RPO offense. It's quick strike. I think it actually fits to his skill set. A lot of people are, you know, would probably point out that it's, uh, you know, maybe not like a long term sustainable type offense. But and I think that's probably fair. But I think for now, like getting the ball out quick, letting your playmakers do your job. Like Waddle is coming on really strong. Um, Gaskin is doing his thing. I'm trying to. I'm just pulling up the Dolphins right now. Like, yeah, they've won three in a row. After starting one and seven, that's crazy. Um, so another four and seven. We should send this information to the NSA. Sorry, but they've won four in a row. <laughs> you definitely can't try the NSA, Jesus, dude. It didn't. It didn't update today. I I'm could tell. Yeah, um, right. four in a row. They're five and seven. I think we pull Gaskin out of the burn book. How does this work? Do we need like we have a quorum? We don't need Craig's permission, but do we need to like perform some ritual or? <laughs> uh, yeah, something to do with like. What what is it they do in Game of Thrones that that was like she like summoned she burned down everybody around her right like yeah well it progressively got I don't worse. think we need to like wanna... go that hard I don't we don't have to go that hard I think yeah last year would have been the equivalent of she burned down the NFC East I don't know this episode is brought to you by Empower you got money questions like can I retire early what are my best savings options can I afford to pay for my kids education luckily Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. 
This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. There's one other person I got to ask you about. We're not unburning him, but I just want to note, we burned Odell Beckham and Odell had, had a good day for the Rams. And I Jarvis wanted to Andrew ask had about, 100 yards today too. I wanted uh, to ask about the technicality of us burning Odell before he was like, his dad was like, get my son out of this place and free Odell. Like, does Odell get a pass because he's in a new team now? Or is he still burned? Yeah, I think so. I, uh, look, I, I think I mentioned at the time, like, we burned Odell Beckham, the Brown. Yeah. And I think that was very fair. Oh, and, that's like, it's like a Gandalf thing. We burned Odell the Gray and now he's Odell yeah. the White. He's he ventured <laughs> through time and space, you know, uh, and like smote his enemy upon their ruin upon the mountainside or whatever. And now he's back. Oh, you read um, the books. I can tell. <laughs> I just saw the movies. Well, he says that in the movies too. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I rewatched the Game of Thrones or not. Sorry, not the Game of Thrones. The, uh, the Lord of the Rings recently. It doesn't quite, it doesn't, it's not as good as I remember. Is that weird to say? <laughs> it's really tough. Which one did you some, watch? Uh, some, some Lord of the Rings heads really mad at me for saying that. I don't know. Maybe I just was too, too much Game of Thrones. Long parts just, of like, it can super be duper fast gritty. forwarded, I would say. Yeah. I straight up fast forward all the Frodo stuff. I would just and, say the last Smeagol. hour of the Twin Towers is just like the best thing that's ever been done. But I don't really need the beginning. Oh, the Helm's Deep? Yeah, that's all I really that's need. A, yeah, that's a great battle. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, Speaking of great battles, let me tell you about the worst battle I've ever seen, which was this freaking Giants-Eagles game today. Uh, someone pointed out to us, we did a green room earlier today. Shout out, we do green room start sits, noon Eastern on green room. We tweet them out right before. You can check us out. Follow us on Twitter. We give you start set advice. There's my shameless plug. Someone in this pointed out in this green room we did in the comments section, which you can comment if you do it in the app. That's the green room app. You can download it. Someone, sorry, get all the plugs. Someone commented that 538 gives like game score, quality scores for games. And that Jets Texans was a zero. <laughs> like it was literally so a good. zero for quality. And that freaked me out because when I watched the games, I thought Jets-Texans was a better football game than Giants-Eagles. It was hard to watch. I'm not a fan of either team. That was a really hard game to watch. Like sometimes a sh- like a low-scoring game is like great defense. And no one like wants to say that, but it is. Right. And then it was Giants-Eagles, which is, wow. Jalen Hurts just keeps throwing the ball to the Giants. It was crazy. So it's like Hurts, really bad offense. Yeah. I'm giving. So usually we have an award here called Death Taxes and Jalen Hurts is a top five QB. Jalen Hurts, not a top five QB today. Yeah, like, yeah, this was a bad game for him. It was Very a, bad. Probably the worst fantasy performance of his career thus far. Six and a half fantasy points. He had 129 passing yards, three picks. And if you mm. watch this game, he should have had six. That's not an Aye. exaggeration. Aye. The final drive, somewhere between two and three were dropped, depending on how generous you want to be. <laughs> I want to point out that's correct. However, two touchdowns were also dropped. Which yeah, we'll but the, the, the picks were before the touchdowns, which spiritually, like, uh, okay. Here's okay. the thing: uh, Jalen Hurts' future as a quarterback has obviously been debated a lot, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. been playing good and also in garbage time, and they're winning, but they beat up on bad teams, and they played another bad team today, and they got smoked. And like, Giants cornerback Julian Love said today after the win, he's this from ESPN. He said. Jalen Hurts is very talented, but we wanted him to beat us throwing. Like, as in the yeah. game plan was for Jalen Hurts to throw. Yeah. And then he threw three picks. And then uh, a reporter, I don't know if it's Jordan Renan, one of the reporters noted that Julian Love didn't say this as trash talk like at all. Julian Love just said it matter-of-factly like that was, yeah, that was the game plan. Have Jalen Hurts throw. DK, is Jalen Hurts like an NFL quarterback long-term? I still, I'm still a believer. I think that, um, I mean, look, I always say this, uh, development is never linear. It, there's going to be ups and downs in every player's career. I mean, look at what Russell Wilson is doing right now. Like, Russell Wilson looks like he sucks right now. Um, and I think that, you know, it, this is a week-to-week game where we overreact every single week, all the time, ad nauseum, forever. 
Um, and obviously this was a terrible game for him, but like I've still seen enough that I am encouraged by what he's going to do long term. There's still clearly like he's much better right now as a dual threat guy. He's going to have to learn to play from the pocket um, and like develop as a passer. I still think he can do all that. And I think he has all the intangibles to be like a high level franchise quarterback. Um, it's just going to be it's, he's going to have to develop. If, if the Eagles give him a chance, I think he can do it. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure they'll give him a chance. But I have faith that Hertz can do it. However, this is a terrible game. Obviously, he looked really he looked really bad. And I think it's also like it's kind of a a microcosm for the season in in a way. Like I was talking to Riley, uh, our editor, one of my editors, um, and we were just talking to like, well, this is a weird year. Like penalties are back up, and frankly, like quarterback play is down. Oh, you know, yeah. like I'd say generally speaking, quarterbacks just haven't looked that sharp. But I think a lot of it has to do with. Defenses have changed the way that they're attacking a lot of these uh, offenses. Like too high stuff has been a factor. Um, just you know, put the too high. Are, just put the second guy up there. Just drop one guy back. But it's like, it's also it's like changing the script. Like you're you're forcing these quarterbacks to to dink and dunk and to be patient and to not try and like get the big home run and all that stuff. Like a lot of the stuff you were talking about with Saquon Barkley, where um, you know a lot of quarterbacks, I think like they're an indicate or they want to like go for the big play, like Josh Allen. Um, Patrick Mahomes, these guys are both kind of having this these issues where you have to like be patient, dink and dunk, um, all that stuff. And I think that there's like bigger stuff at play here. There's also much more. There's more penalties this year and um, all that stuff. So I don't know. I just thought it, I thought it is kind of like an interesting microcosm for the season where um, running is back in vogue, you know. And um, I think physicality is back. Really, yeah. And it's like sort of like a pendulum swing. Like this happens in the NFL every few years where, you know, teams will load up and, and draft and sign free agents in order to defend the pass because that's where the NFL is going. This is modern NFL. You got to be smaller. You got to be faster. You have to be, you can't, you have to be able to cover in the NFL. And so naturally some teams, the smart teams, uh, like the Patriots are a great example. Like they're beefing up, they're going heavy, like they're, battering ram type offense and they're going to beat up on these teams that are like major and in, in, uh, nickel defenses, smaller guys and all that. And then the pendulum swings back. And so this is like, you know, this is a natural thing. It's been happening for decades. Um, but I just think, I don't know. I just kind of think it's interesting. And, and the Eagles are a good example of it because they run, they run like hell, like all like time. I know you're making their offense nuanced point about like schemes and and you know scheme wars going back and forth but when you were like this is natural this is evolution it goes back decades i was thinking of did you watch kong versus godzilla they're like it's a uh, natural war it goes back eons i <laughs> so, don't think i did <laughs> sometimes kong's in power and sometimes godzilla's in power it's like uh, okay anyway anyway the bottom line i think hers is gonna be fine but uh, <laughs> okay, not, good. not a good not a good me the, the uh, right. i'm less confident however uh, and this next person, this is the Unlike Aguilar Award. And it's going to Jalen Rager. And well, I'll just stick with Rager because we talked about Jalen Hurts. That, the offense struggled, but Jalen Rager dropped. Bad day two, for the Jalens. He had he dropped two would-be touchdowns on the Eagles final possession that would have been game winners. Um and both passes were just straight up drops, in my opinion. Like the first one hit his head and then bounced off his hands. That one, yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know which one was worse. They were both so bad because the second one, one, the second one was worse because the first one was like a deep pass <laughs> underthrown by like three inches, and I like think it was hit a perfect him in the throw. face. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. And it looked like, like it, it was like, like a pretty it hit good him in the face, but at least you have to track the ball and like you should have caught it. The second one just went through his hands and he wasn't really contested. I mean, just brutal, just brutal. And and it would, they would have like, won the game. It would have been at worst on the yeah. half yard line, right? So, so yeah, bad day for yeah, Jalen Rager. But it's really like the but this is this is Nelson Aguilar all over again. Like this is yeah. a, a top Eagles pick. It, this is the unlike Aguilar award. Really, it's the like Aguilar award because two alike Aguilar. It's so it. I feel bad for Rager obviously because uh, Justin Jefferson who was picked one pick after or a couple of picks after whatever it was. The next um, pick and the Eagles were going to take Justin Jefferson. They changed their minds. Right. I, it's like this guy's always going to be compared to like one of the greatest rookie receivers of all time, you know, all this stuff. And he's just, you know, he got injured and he's had all this stuff. He just, and then now it's, I think he's just in his head. I, it's like, I want to, I want Jalen Rager had a tough year. He, um, he had issues in his personal life earlier this year. Um, that should be respected. He had a tough, but he's having a tough season. And when 
it, look, it's very easy for fans to go back in the draft, like the Eagles with DK Metcalf, and be like, oh, wow, we could have had DK Metcalf instead of J.J. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could play that game all the day The difference long. is yeah. the Eagles really were thinking about taking Justin Jefferson. Like, it's not hindsight. They were like gonna, and right. they like changed their mind. <laughs> That's It's not like Brutal. the game of like, you just scroll back and be like, oh, why, why did the Packers have Devontae Adams? They really should have just Jefferson. So it's tough, but I hope Jalen Rager gets an offense with Justin together. Jefferson and Devontae Smith would be fun as hell. Just say that. Um, yeah, but yeah, anyway. tough day for Rager. Uh, he owned it in the in the postgame presser. He like went up number one. He talked to the media. Um, and uh, he actually, like, like, good for him. Like a lot of yeah. a lot of players with that they don't. I I still think he's talented, um, and I'm still hopeful that he can turn things around. Obviously, you know, he it's not good right now. It's not looking good, and. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like very promising for his long term career. But guys have turned things around in the past. Like Rager or uh, Aguilar actually did turn around his career, and like he's had a productive career. Um, certainly not what you'd hope for a first round pick, but pretty productive. So hopefully he can turn things around. All right, let's flip this around. Let's go a little more positive, DK. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is the their real and their spectacular award. I am giving this one to Jalen Waddle today. Um, he's really come on. I think you know. I think it has a lot to do with. Uh, Tua has been getting more healthy and and being more ingrained in the offense. Um, he came into the week. Waddle came into the week, the wide receiver twenty in PPR. Um, which I checked that and I was like a little surprised because you know it's kind of he kind of snuck up on us I think. Um, and this week I didn't check since the earlier games, but I think he's like he's in like the top five at least already uh, for receivers this week. Hold on, let me check this real quick. He is no, he's the wide receiver one. He's wide receiver pending Monday one night football. So. Huge week for him. Uh, let's see here. Through 12 games now. He's also a wide receiver one by like the healthy amount. Like if you're doing full PPR, he's the wide receiver. Like he's more than five points between number one and number two, which is the same as like number two and like two, four, six. Like that's the gap between like number two and like number 13. Yeah. So yeah, nine catches, 137 yards, one touchdown. That puts him at uh, 77 receptions on the year. I saw this actually. This is I didn't realize this. He has the second most receptions through 12 games in NFL history. Only Odell Beckham had more. I think Craig um, said a few weeks ago, like this is like Jarvis Landry part two, except Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle's actually really good after the catch, like a way better than Jarvis Landry ever could have hoped to be. And but it's right. similar. It's like he's just his. I mean, he's just. It's just a lot of short passes. Like you, you think of him. I mean, he was compared. The speed wise, the agility was compared to like a combination of kind of like the Tyree Kill's skill set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But none of the, you don't see, there's no red zone cutting to like, look at this deep pass to Jalen Waddle. No, it's just a bunch of short and intermediate throws. Yeah. I mean, and I think his ADOT has gone up over the last few, like his ADOT was really, really low when Jacoby Brissett was quarterback. But that part of that was just like they were using him as an extension of the run game and trying to get like, make things easier on Brissett. But like his ADOT has, creeped up as the year gone has gone on. I didn't see what it was this week, but um I think he's starting to like come into his own, develop. They're starting to utilize him downfield a little bit more. Um and so yeah, it's just really promising what he's done this year. And I think it's kind of flown under the radar because everyone's so enamored, rightly so, with uh, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and all these like really exciting young receivers in the NFL. Um I feel like Waddle's kind of flown under the radar. So I wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to weird flex, but okay. Dontrell Hilliard, top 15 running back. Dontrell Hilliard. Yeah. 130 plus yards, touchdown. I think he had one long run that really padded all this, but like against the Patriots. The Titans are destroyed. I mean, Henry's hurt, obviously. Jerry McNichols has a concussion. Um, Adrian Peterson was waived. So they got Deontay Foreman out here and Dontrell Hilliard. And they both Where did, were good. If it's. Pop quiz. Where did Dontrell Hilliard go to college? I have no idea. So I'm going to just randomly say <laughs> UNLV. Uh, uh, I like that guess, but no, it's Tulane, which I did uh, not know that either. Tulane. I have nothing to add. But anyway, Dontrell Hilliard, legit flex. Switching gears a little. So I want to shout out the Cooper Cup Award for the player you wish you had. I'm just going to say Cooper Cup once again, unbelievable because this should have been the first mm-hmm. bad game he had all year. This really is deceiving yards, like the deceiving yards award, because I swear to God, he had three fantasy points. And then the Rams had one final drive. And I think they gave him the ball for, I'm just going off the top of my head, seven <laughs> catches for 130 yards on this one drive. 
I know that didn't actually happen, but it's what it felt like. You're like, oh, wow, Cooper Cup under five points. And then you're looking at 18. And you're like, what the hell? So I don't know how he keeps doing this, but he shouldn't really be allowed. Love it. Uh, I'm gonna sh- Last one for you, DK. I'm going to shout out Adam Thielen in the same category here. Uh, Thielen, so a lot of the discussion around Thielen in the offseason was, well, number one, he's getting older. He's like 31 or 32. Um, you know, the age model creeping in. Obviously, guys tend to fall off a cliff as they get over 30. Um, and oh, also, yeah, I was thinking that about you. Hey, I'm getting close to 40. What's going to happen then, Hypitz? You're going to age like Tom Brady. I hope so. Um, I don't eat nearly as well as Tom Brady does, but you know, well, then we'll you see. probably won't age like Tom Brady. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's key um, to the whole thing. That, that just reminded me. I'm sure he has like all these, uh, you know, he's got like, obviously, uh, Alex, uh, what's his, what's his, what's his like, Alex Guerrero, Guerrero like, yeah. um, his guru guy. Um, but I bet he has like a bunch of people on staff to like help with his like food and his uh, massages and hyperbaric chamber. Like I heard Russell Wilson spends like millions of bucks. I th- actually think he said that on yeah, Bill's, said that on Bill's, Bill's pod. pod. He spends like a million, spends million, million plus, a year like, on body. Yeah. his body. I'm like, I can't do that, Heifetz. I got a kid. I mean, you just don't care enough. Um, also, You're yeah, I'm just too lazy. But anyway, what I was going to say with Adam Thielen was number one, his age is creeping up. But number two. He's vegan. Thielen, I believe, is vegan. Is he? I did not know that. I think so. No. You should go vegan. Uh, I don't think I'll do that. Um, I like <laughs> cheese too much. So that's out. It's out. The other thing that I was going to say about Thielen is number two, he was much too dependent traditionally or whatever last year on touchdowns. Like we all thought, oh, regression's coming. He's not going to catch nearly as many touchdowns. Wrong. Wrong, Heifetz. He is going to catch as many touchdowns. He's going to catch ridiculous amounts of touchdowns. He caught another two today. He has now scored 24 touchdowns in his last 26 games. This is an absurd rate. That's crazy. I saw this from Scott Spratt. 24 and 26 That's games? That's like, it's ridiculous. And, and he quietly, this is this is a great stat from Scott Spratt um, at Football Outsiders. 39, he has 39 receiving touchdowns since the start of 2018. So since 2018, he is tied for third among all players in receiving touchdowns. Only Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams have more touchdowns since the 20, start of 2018, than Adam Thielen. I just thought that was interesting. Got to give him props. Like he's He really is like they design a lot of red zone stuff for him, and he's a really good route runner. He's really tough at the catch point. Like his skill set is still, I think, like, like, like obviously he's like, I think he's going to, he's never going to be as fast as he was when he was in his 20s, is explosive, all that stuff, but he's such a technician as a route runner um, that I still think like, Maybe this regression for his touchdowns isn't actually coming, at least not in this offense with this quarterback and the way that they design things around him. Uh, so, I don't know. He's he's staving off regression. Uh, good for him. And I think he came into the he came into the week the wide receiver 10, quietly. Uh, and then he scored two more touchdowns today, so he might even go up. So, yeah, he's the wide receiver three today. Or this week, I should say. crazy. I can't, 24. I mean, at some point, it's just a skill. Like, that's how good you are at it. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Adam Thielen, I wish I would have drafted more All yet. Right. DK, I got one more for you here. It's um, the Never Wrong Just Early Award. Jack Doyle. <laughs> this is Number my one tight one. end, baby. Number one tight end, Jack Doyle. Those Jack who know, freaking Doyle. know. And if you know Jack Doyle, you remember Jack Doyle. The only non-athletic Here's tight the- end in the NFL. <laughs> Jack Doyle. Say, for people that Number don't one know. fantasy. I was on it first, DK. I wasn't, I wasn't wrong. Were you? It was just early. Okay. Sure. And... Sure. Speaking of early, it's getting, er- uh, it's getting late early out here, as Yogi Berra would say. I think that's all we got. Do you think that he's going to keep doing it? Jack Doyle, can I start him next week? No, it's too late. You should have bought the dip. The dip was three years. You should have You had three it's years to do it. Okay. All right. That's all we got. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck. I hope you have Cordero Patterson. If not, I'm sorry. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Mike Wargon, for producing this episode. <laughs> uh, Craig, I hope your toe's doing all right. Thank you, Lorne. Uh, thank you, Ween. Okay, what's that? It's a band. No, no shit. It's a bit. I know it's a band. You <laughs> said, "What's that?" What do you want me to say? Like, what kind of band? Um, I don't know what the genre would be. I guess rock. They're from like the the early to mid nineties. Spell and they're that still together. If I, I want to find what's them. W e e n. Yes. Oh, okay. I got some. I got some good friends that are just like hardcore into weans. So this is kind of like a shout out to them. Like, is it like you're weaning off something, or like? <laughs> I 
Yeah, sure. I guess so. Yeah. I don't think that's how it's spelled. Same spelling. Is it? Oh, wait. Actually, I think, it's, I think it might be W-E-A-N. I don't know. W-E-E-N is the name of the band. Okay. I'm going to weed myself off this podcast. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.